following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Dive right into the Word of God today, and in doing so, I'm going to ask you a question that's going to seem really weird off the top. Um, and I'm not even sure that this is a word. Like, I just maybe made this up. I can't be sure. I didn't even look it up. But here's my question for you Are you nautical? Some of you are thinking, well, I have nautica shirts. This is, <laughs> no, this is not what we're referring to. Here, here's my, my thought process behind this. Do you know your way around the seas? Are you familiar with how a boat works? Have you spent time maybe fishing or enjoying life on the lake? Are you, are you nautical? This is, this is my question for you. And, and this whole idea, this question stems from a, a memory that I have about 14 years ago. Uh, we were, a group of us decided, this was, by the way, one of my, my hobbies when I was younger was fishing. I enjoyed going fishing, and then I had kids, and now I enjoy being a taxi. It's just, it's, just, it's just part of life. But when I had time, I enjoyed fishing, and one Wednesday night, there's a, a good friend of, of mine who attends church here, amazing family. Richard Johnson was from Pensacola, Florida. His family still lives there. We got this bright idea that we were going to leave after church on a Wednesday night, drive through the night to Pensacola, pull straight up to the boat dock. His dad was going to pick us up, and we were just going to go straight offshore fishing from there with no sleep. And that was a great idea 14 years ago. If I'm up past 10 o'clock now, y'all, some, something's wrong. Y'all call, call for help. But then it was a great idea. Um, and, and so that's exactly what we did. It was, we were pumped. I mean, I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. We're going to go have a road trip, guys. We go, oh, yeah. And all, all the meanwhile, his dad is, is communicating with Richard saying, guys, I just, you, you can tell when somebody's setting you up for it to not be good. You know, they're lowering your expectations and we're like, we don't care. Like, we're doing this. It doesn't matter what happens. We're driving 79 hours to get there. We're going to go fishing. And he's like, well, there's some possible weather in the area. I just don't know if it's, no, no, we're going to, I don't care if we get in the boat and we go from here to there. I'm getting on a boat after driving from Austin to Pensacola, Florida. So that's exactly what happened. We pull up to the boat dock. His dad's got the boat ready for us. We jump on the boat, and we get 20 to 25 miles offshore. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that, you can't see land at that point, okay? Which is no big deal, except on this certain day, it was a big deal. Because that weather that his dad warned us about decided to blow in. And in, I'm telling you, it was the fastest I've ever seen a storm pop up. I've never witnessed anything like it before or since. And, and, and you know, also, the, the further away from a story you get, the more, like, the better it was, right? So maybe the storm was not as big as what I'm saying. I don't, it was massive in my mind, though. To the point, really, y'all, where, where I remember thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. And, and, and here's how I know, oh, no, because... Richard Johnson, the guy that I was with, he equals Crocodile Dundee, okay? For those of you that don't know who that is, you need to Google Crocodile Dundee and educate yourself on a fantastic figure, okay? But anyways, the, just the most outdoorsman person possible, right? This was, this was Richard, like literally I've been with him where we saw, we were driving, we were hunting and we were driving in a Jeep and there's a snake that 
comes out in front of us. I jump out of the Jeep and run away. Richard jumps out and runs towards the snake and picks. This is like the type of human that I'm talking about. God's still working on him, all right? We're <laughs> but I knew that I should be scared when, when Richard looks at, like our eyes make contact and he's, you can see that he is scared. And I'm like, oh, no. To the point where the waves are cut, like you're down in the bottom of a swell and the waves are up here and you're thinking, oh, this is the one. This, it's going to come, oh, it's going to crash over the boat, right? And then you come out of, you're like, oh, to the point where ice chests are flying around on the boat to the point where one clips me in the leg and throws me overboard. Just kidding, that didn't happen. But wouldn't that have been amazing? What a great, what a great story that would have been. But looking back, it was one of the scariest moments of my life, without question. And I, and I think how ironic it is, because of all the, the different things that Jesus would say in his time on earth, he would, he would give us a lot of commands, not commands because he's, he's mean and doesn't want us to do certain things just because he's God and we're not. No, because he knows what's best for us and he's watching out for us. So he would, he would give us, makes these statements that says, hey, you need to stay away from this. You don't, don't need to do. And one of the things that he would say so often, and it's so funny in, in reference to what I just went through or what the story that I just told you, he would say this to, to his followers. He would say, do not be afraid. Don't be scared. You, you have nothing to fear. Do, do not be afraid. And I'm like, Jesus, but the boat, like I thought I was, <laughs> I thought I was going to die. Like really, like this was that moment, like Richard even had that look, Lord. Like what, what am I supposed to do, smile? Like how is this, do not be afraid. But over and over throughout the course of the New Testament, we will, we will hear this phrase, and, and Matthew especially captures this theme for us. Uh, Jesus would continually tell his followers, stop being afraid. And so one day in Matthew chapter 10, he, he looks at the, the people following me. He says, listen, we've been together for a while, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you out. We're going to split up into teams, and, and you're going to go do a bunch of different things here. In fact, he says this in verse 16. He says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves i'm sending you out and eventually you're going to be arrested persecution is coming and then he gives this very specific instruction in verse 28 and this is what i want you to catch today he says do not be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul rather be afraid wait so you're <laughs> you just told me don't be afraid but now you say, rather be afraid, is it, which one do I, but rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. So we're, we're not supposed to have any fear, but then on a, this other hand, we are supposed to have some fear. And I think, I don't know, I don't know if Jesus really did this, but maybe he kind of grinned a little bit because people, you know, they were like, you're going to have to slow down. I don't really understand what you're talking about here. Have no fear, but then also we're supposed to have some fear. And he says, let me give you, let me, let me make this really simple for you. Let me give you an illustration. He said, are not two sparrows, which were almost worthless 
in that culture, sold for a penny, yet, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And he goes on to say, even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And in this day and age, it, it, it appears that they began to connect the dots. Like this story put something together for them um, that, that they remembered an instance that had happened two chapters before. It, it put all of this into context, and it's found in, in Matthew chapter 8. And so, so Jesus is surrounded by a crowd. You're familiar with the story. And the only way that Jesus could escape the crowd was to get on a, a boat. Huh. To get on a boat. And, and we're told that Jesus had kind of had it with the crowd. He would, it just, it had, must have been a long day. He had been doing a lot, of, a, a lot of work. He was wore out. And so he decides that it's time to, it's time to retreat and a very famous story ensues in, in chapter 8, verse 23. And then he, speaking of Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. So Jesus gets on the boat. He tells the disciples, hey, follow me. Get on with me. So Jesus is on. Now the disciples are on. And now they're out. They shove off the land. They're out in the Sea of Galilee. And a furious storm starts to brew. A furious storm comes upon them, so much so that the waves are sweeping over the boat and probably like ice chests are clipping people, throwing them overboard. I don't know, but <laughs> this is a likely possibility here. And I want you to pause for a moment and, and put yourself in a situation like this. This is one of those moments where instantly fear gripped them. Like you're not expecting it and then all of a sudden you're just, you find yourself paralyzed with fear and you're so afraid. It was, it was one of those moments where you immediately go into panic mode. Oh, what just happened? You, you know those moments of life and that's where they find themselves, a furious storm to the point where water is coming over the boat. It's filling up and, and then we find out this little fact in the story that while all of this was going on, Jesus was sleeping. Maybe snoring, I don't know. I don't know if Jesus had sinus issues. I'm not sure. <laughs> Jesus is asleep. They're thinking we're going to drown, and Jesus is dreaming about sheep. And the story continues that the disciples, you know, you know the passage, the disciples are waking Jesus up saying, Lord, Lord, you've got to save us. We are going to drown. And he, he replies to them with this statement, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Why are you so scared? To which all of them probably thought, did you not read the verses that we just came through? There was a furious storm. We think we are about to drown. And when you think that you're about to drown, normal people are very afraid. This is why we think we're very afraid. You're asking a question, I'll answer your question. This, this is where we are. 
kind of ridiculous, Lord. And then he gets up and he rebukes the wind and the waves and it was completely calm and they were amazed to the point that they asked this question, what kind of man is this? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What kind, what kind of man is this? And then what we see here is so interesting because we, we see the noun form and the verb form of the Greek word fear put together. And he writes that at the end of the story, they were literally talking that, that after Jesus had calmed the storm, see, they were, they were fearful that they were going to drown when the storm was raging but what this is telling us is that they were fearful, even more afraid, after the storm was over. After he had calmed the storm. And this is, this is such a powerful moment because they were afraid of drowning and then they were really afraid after they realized they weren't going to drown. They were, they were really afraid of the storm Jesus performs a miracle. They were afraid of that, but all of a sudden they realize we've been afraid of the wrong thing. We were, we were gonna, <laughs> we were about to drown. Like, I know how powerful the water is. I've seen it firsthand that when you get in a situation like that, there's just some things that you can't fix it on your own. And we're afraid we're gonna drown. But who in the world is this man that is in the boat with us that even the wind and the waves obey his voice? And now they were really afraid the wind and the waves obey this man's voice and suddenly they're connecting the dots and they're putting two and two together that that yes there's something to be afraid of but we've been afraid of the wrong thing the whole time we've been afraid of the circumstances around us and that's not the thing that you and I should be afraid of and the dots begin to connect here don't fear the thing that can kill the body but can't hurt the soul and they begin to to make sense of all of this don't fear the storm don't fear him or her and in their case don't fear the empire that can kill the body but that can't hurt the soul all they can do is destroy the body but there's one who controls the destiny of our soul. And instead, what we're finding out here is that you and I have to have a fear or a reverence for the one who controls your destiny, for the one who controls your soul. And I think so often, come on, if we're honest with ourselves, that we are more scared and have more reverence for the things that we face in life than we do the one who holds all eternity in his hand. But the lesson wasn't over. <laughs> the, the lesson didn't end there. This is, this is the crazy part. You would think after witnessing this and being a part of this that they would have learned from this. But it, but it wasn't over. A few chapters later, they had uh, just come through another amazing miracle where Jesus had fed 5,000 plus, right, with five loaves and two fish. Just an amazing miracle, no doubt. But 
immediately. <laughs> Jesus has a great sense of humor. He makes the disciples get into a boat. Can you imagine what the disciples were thinking? A boat? We're going to do this again. We were just on a boat, and now we're going to get on a, 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 another boat. We remember what had happened when we were on that boat. You were sleeping. We could not sleep through that, Lord. Jesus is like, man, we gotta, I got to get away. But this time it's different. Here's the funny part, because now Jesus says, get on the boat, get on the boat. And then he says, whoop, pushes the boat away from shore. And this time, Jesus ain't on the boat. I told you he has a sense of humor. Listen, it's one thing to know if you're on the boat with me, Jesus, okay. And they even got terrified in that moment. But now he says, ah, see you later. Good luck, boys. <laughs> Can you imagine what's going through their mind? Oh, yeah, he brought us through when he was on the boat, but now he ain't even on the boat. What are we, what's hap- what are we doing, guys? Can you imagine the conversation that's going on? It's different this time. No, no, Jesus. Meanwhile, Jesus goes back by himself with no bodyguards, no crowd, to a mountainside to pray. He was there, he was there all alone. The boat that these disciples were in was already a considerable distance from the shore being hammered by the waves. Oh, you got to imagine these guys in the boat seeing the waves again. The wind had picked up and the disciples were out there for hours rowing, trying to row across to the other side of the lake. Why? Because Jesus told them to. And so if he tells you to, that's what we're going to do. And they're fighting the wind and the waves as they're, they're rowing across. It's pitch black. They're probably tired, I'm sure, no doubt. They're probably soaking wet, no doubt. And, and verse 25 tells us this, shortly before dawn, Jesus goes out to them walking on the water. Now, you got to imagine the disciples have already been through something like this once, this situation on a boat. They're, they're used to being on the water, but, but when they see him, this figure walking out on the water, they were what? Terrified. Here we go again. He's already taught them this lesson once on a boat. The seas have already taught them this lesson one time. Jesus uses this as an example. And, and here they are again, and they find themselves in the same state of mind as they were the last time. They're terrified. It's a ghost. <laughs> You're thinking anything in that moment, right? Well, I don't even know what to say. It's, it's got to be, what is it? It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear they cried they were terrified Jesus was with us last time yeah we made it through but he ain't with us now what is that walking on the water what 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 is that thing gonna jump in the what we come let's go think it's a ghost you you cry out in fear it's human nature isn't it and once again can you imagine Jesus is like boys this would be me if I was I would be so frustrated Jesus is not like that but I would be 
Guys, I just taught you this lesson. We just went through this. But once again, you are afraid. Now stay with me. You're afraid when there's something to be afraid of. I thought I I taught you better than that. Haven't you learned? Have you not been paying attention through everything that we've been walking through? I'm trying to teach you not to be afraid when there's something to be afraid of. Guys, you're, you're missing the point. You are afraid, even though there's something. And I'm trying to teach you that you don't have to be afraid when there's something to be afraid of. And you're not learning the lesson. How many times do I have to teach you the lesson? But immediately Jesus says to them, take courage. It's me. Here it is again. Don't be afraid. Just like you didn't need to be afraid when you thought you were going to drown on the boat the first time and I was asleep. Just like you didn't need to really be afraid when I wasn't on the boat with you, but I knew where you were. I knew that you were out in the middle of the sea. I knew exactly where you don't have to be afraid. Come on, fellas. Let me, at some point, you have to learn this principle that even when there's something to be afraid of, you don't have to be afraid. Wow. And this is what Jesus would teach his early followers about fear. And this is Jesus' response to our fear. He's like, listen, you got to learn that you don't have to be afraid even when there's something to be afraid of. Now, I want to encourage your faith because some of us, you feel like Jesus has been teaching you the same lesson over and over and over again because you're not getting it. Some of the people closest to Jesus were in the same boat. Because fast forward, they still didn't learn the lesson. Really? Fast forward to when Jesus was arrested. What did they do? Did they stand by the man that they had been with, that they had walked with, that they had seen perform miracles, that they had seen bring through the, the sea, <laughs> that they had performed just amazing things that they stand No, they didn't stand by him. No. They took off. They ran. They were terrified. Again. They're afraid. When there's something to be afraid of. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did they do? They, they lied. They denied. They hid. They didn't show up for his funeral. All throughout the teachings of Jesus, the miracles, the walking on water, all the things in the very end after being with him, they ran away because they were so scared. Wow, they still didn't get it yet. What is it going to take for you to get it? What, what, can you imagine? I don't know. He probably didn't think that, but that, that's what I would think. What do I have to do for you to see that you don't have to be afraid even though there's something to be afraid of? But here's the beautiful thing. is because there was a shift. There was a point when they got it. 
And I'm about to show you what it is, but there was this, this beautiful shift that took place where the light bulb came on and they were like, oh, 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 yeah, okay, yay. We don't have to be afraid, even when there's something to be afraid of, because after you, you read a few pages later, after the Gospels, these same followers of Jesus emerge as fearless. And they go on to do amazing things that would change the course of history. There, there was something that transpired that said, man, we got it, we understand, we see. And let me tell you, it was not another boat ride. <laughs> it was not a, a, another fireside chat. It wasn't another lecture on a hillside. Are you ready? This is so simple, but this is what it was. And this is what I want you to understand today. This is what finally clicked with them, and it finally changed their minds. The, the thing that, that they said, I get it now, I see it. It was when they finally saw a resurrected Savior. <laughs> it, was, it was the moment when, when they, they saw that Jesus not only died, but he rose again. In that moment, the light bulbs begin to click, and they begin to see, oh my God. Goodness gracious. I don't have to be afraid even when there's something to be afraid. What kind of man is this in my boat that even the wind and the waves obey? Oh, oh, I, I got it now. I don't have to be afraid when there's something to be afraid of. It was seeing a resurrected Savior that changed everything for them. Why? Why? Because what's the thing that you're afraid of? What's the, the biggest fear? Especially right now, let's be honest. Death. Death grips the fear of it. And these disciples were scared for their life. That moment where they just, ooh, they were gripped by it. Panic mode set in. I don't know, I'm not going to see my family again. Everything, all those thoughts, are, oh, what's happening? But here's why. Because the ultimate enemy, death, the thing that they were so scared of, they had finally seen defeated. They said, oh, I know, I know you died. And I know that they put you in that grave. And that scares me. <laughs> you were there. But you're not there anymore. And it was seeing a resurrected Savior that gave them the mental capacity to say, oh, listen, I know that I was afraid of death, but guess what? I've walked with one for the last three years. I have, I've seen him do a lot of things. I've seen him perform a lot of miracles. But this man just defeated the thing that I've been so scared of. And when I know the one who holds the keys 
when I know the one who has defeated death, hell, and the grave, then I don't have to be afraid even when there's something to be afraid of. I don't have to let fear grip me and control my mind where I can't operate because my Savior has overcome death, hell, and the grave. Come on, can you put your hands together today for a Jesus? Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I know we're facing things, and I know you're facing things per, uh, in your life that the enemy would say you need to be so scared of. And I'm not saying don't be wise. Please don't misconstrue my words. I'm just telling you, you don't have to be over, overrun with fear when you're worshiping one who has already overcome all of it. He already knows what the ending looks like. He's got your best interest at heart. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He knows the beginning from the end. See, and here, here, here's the beautiful thing, is that when you come to the conclusion and you finally stake your eternity on the fact that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he was buried and that he rose from the dead and he was seen again, that he has resurrection power. He, he has resurrection power over death, hell, and the grave, and he offers newness of life. When you understand that, you can allow that fear to begin to evaporate. See, once you learn, as Jesus said, to fear not the one who can only harm the body, the disease that can only harm the body, the people that can only harm the body. But you learned, you learned through some seasons that you've walked through to reverence and to fear the one who controls your soul and controls your destiny. See, something happens on the inside. And this is what it is. I want you to catch this real quick before I dismiss you. See, when I was on the boat, and that ice chest clipped me and threw me overboard. That, that command that I knew of fear not, don't be afraid, that, that Jesus said throughout the course of his, of his New Testament and his writings, right? I knew that, but that seemed unattainable in that moment. Why would I be afraid? What? Yeah, I'm scared. No, 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 no. See, what happens is when you learn that he's overcome it. Fear not is not an unattainable object. It's not an unattainable thing, but it has now become a way of life. See, I don't, I can walk through, and listen, with the help and the grace of God, I can walk through seasons of life just like you, where the outcome may not seem the way that I want it, and there may be literally something for me to be afraid of, but I do not have to be overrun and gripped with fear because the one that I worship today has already overcome it. And I've got good news for somebody in the house today. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what it is that is gripping your life. But the one that we're worshiping 
the one that you worship has got your life right here. Would you stand with me all across the house? Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Before we leave today, I want to I ask you a question. If, I want you to think about this for just a moment. I want you to think about the thing right now that you fear the most. For some of you, it's, for some of you, it is COVID. For some of you, it's, it's different seasons of life that you're walking through. For some of you, it's the possibility of losing a child. For some of you, it's losing another child. For some of you, it's financial. For some of you, it's your marriage, health, or the health of someone that you love. What's your storm? What's that thing right now that's causing you to say, hey, uh, Jesus, <laughs> I think I'm going to drown. Are you, are you even, are you awake? Can you, can you, do you even know that I exist? Here I am on a boat, the craziest storm of my life. And I'm wondering, do you see me? Do you know that, if, what is that thing that's causing you to think that in your mind? And I feel like the Lord would, would speak to us today and let you know, fear not, my child, for I am with you. Whew. I feel like the Lord is telling us today through his word that I know, I know what you face. It seems like you should be afraid in the natural and everybody else looking from the outside in is wondering why you are not afraid and I've come to tell you, you are right. Do not be afraid for I am with you and I have got your life in the palm of my eye. You have nothing to be afraid of when I am with you. So Lord, right now I pray for every individual in this room. God, I know fear has gripped society. God, I understand that. But I pray right now that you would give us an understanding of it through your word today that has gone forth. That though there's some very serious things taking place in our world today, that we don't have to be gripped by it. Even though the natural seems like there's something to be afraid of, we're going we're gonna to be wise. We're going to use the brain that you gave us, but also we're not going to let it overrun us and overtake us because you hold the keys. You have already conquered it. You know the beginning from the end. And so I say, peace sweep in this room right now. Peace sweep in the homes of everybody watching online right now. Instead of fear, I command peace to be with us. To be in our homes, to be on our jobs, to be in our families right now in the name of Jesus. And somebody said a good amen in the house today. Come on, can you put your hands together for Jesus? Thank you.
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So before you leave, here's your homework. Are you ready? For those of you that don't know, the enemy thinks he's good. And he'll attack you in ways, in moments when maybe you're weak or you're, you're not at your best. And you'll, you'll start to, to slip back into a mindset of allowing fear to grip you. And here's what I, I wish that you would do this week. Maybe it's you put it on your bathroom mirror or maybe it's on your nightstand. But just take a little sticky note. I'm a sticky note king, man. My desk, I got a 400 of them. I don't even know what half of them say anymore. But just write that down. I don't have to be afraid, even when there's something to be afraid of. And just remind yourself as you get up to go to work that no matter what you walk into, that you don't have to be afraid, even when there's something to be afraid of. Lord, bless us today. Keep your hand on us. Keep us safe. Bring us back in the house right here on Wednesday night for another time of word and worship. We love you and we honor you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. We'll see you in the house Wednesday night.